check you guys. Cheeky Hello. check yourself before you wreck yourself. Alright, I think I heard everyone there. Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing, a podcast for gamers on a budget. I'm your host, Danny K. With me, as always, my wonderful, beautiful partner in crime, Mr. Greenlead. Mr. Greenlead, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Danny. How are you? I am doing well. I'm, I am glad that the uh, horrifying storm that was just outside my window has ended. Legit. <laughs> like, it started out with dime size hail, went to fucking, I don't know, ping pong size hail almost. It was, it was girthy. It was pretty girthy. Um, <laughs> uh, if Mr. Greenleaf is my partner in crime, that our getaway driver is Rebsfen. How you doing, Padre? Oh, man, I'm doing fantastic, Danny. Thank you for asking. I hope that you are as well. Yes. And uh, if you're our getaway driver, then Knight is our hostage. How you doing, Knight? <laughs> I am doing well, although I'm not so sure about the hostage situation. You know, I, <laughs> I was kind of hoping I'd just be a guest on the joyride. I wanted to be a companion. I guess I'll take hostage for He's the documentarian. <laughs> He's our Joe Exotic. He's our Joe Exotic. I am the law. <laughs> you, uh, you'll, you'll get Stockholm Syndrome pretty quick here. Um, so, Knight, Knight's Mask, for people yes, who have not uh, met you yet, why don't you tell the kind folks who you are and what you do and where people can find it? Alrighty, sounds good. Um, I'm Knight's Mask on Twitch, TTV Knight's Mask. Uh, however you want to type that in, I always forget what it is. I guess twitch.tv slash Knight's Mask. Um, I am an SPS gamer for the most part. I work a full-time job as well, try to stream when I can, sometimes get caught up work and school. Um, for the most part, I play a lot of Destiny 2, been getting into a free-to-play game on Steam called Splitgate, and just try to have a fun time every time I play. That's what I do. Awesome, guys. Go check him out at uh, twitch.tv slash Knight's Mask. K-N-I-G-H-T-S-M-A-S-K. Links are always in the description of this episode. If you guys are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or if you're watching on um, YouTube. Uh, before we get into the meat of the show, we are currently sponsoring SWA Motorsports Racer Dead Shattered as he hits the track in the Outsider Racing League. Watch him rep the NTN logo every Saturday at 9 p.m. CST over on the Sim TV YouTube channel. That's SYM underscore TV on youtube links are in the description of this episode um of course if you guys are new to the show welcome we appreciate you guys joining us um if you like what we do we hope you'll follow us here on twitch make sure you do follow all of these guys on their individual individual twitch channels subscribe on youtube and maybe even tell your friends that's the best way to help out the show actually is to tell your friends um and you mentioned, Mask, that you were uh, playing a game recently called Splitgate Arena Warfare. Yes, sir. It is a Halo-esque game uh, relying more on jetpack movement, although you do have a very limited burst of it. Um, you can create portals to run through, shoot people through. Your own portals you can see through, other people's you cannot, although you can use enemy teleport teleporters as well. Um, it's a very interesting game, uh, mainly tracking based when it comes to FPS games, and a lot of it relies on your hip fire accuracy and how well you're able to keep your mouse on something. Uh, it's a very, very fun game, 
Although I will say I checked out the competitive scene recently and it's very different than playing in a social list, which is, I mean, not to be surprised by it, but I was kind of taken aback as to how seriously some people were taking this free to play game. I really was. Yeah, we have talked about this game before. Um, I've I've had some time with it myself. Um, a lot of people, and I find this to be a very apt description of the game, is uh, Portal meets Halo. Would you Would you agree with that? I would agree with that in a certain sense. I would say that it kind of is a non Bloom version of Halo, uh, especially that I did I do not see any bloom at all and i know in halo you see a couple different weapons that have bloom um, but for the most part yes it was developed by a small team of original halo producers that came together to make i think 1047 studios so so uh, for the the simple-minded person um <laughs> what, what would you say what would you say bloom is per se okay so bloom is a mechanic in a game that the higher your rate of fire and the more you lay on a trigger, the less accuracy you're going to have with said weapon that you're using. And it usually relates more to single tap rifles, like semi-automatics. Your autos usually have a better mechanic for that in which they stay on target more. But when it comes down to single taps, such as pistols and, you know, your semi-automatic rifles, you will see, like... You know, you may be right on somebody's head for your first two shots and your third one, you're still there, you're right on it, and your bullet just strays to the left for some unknown reason. So, that's a basic explanation of Bloom. It's just yeah. your bullet goes somewhere it's not supposed to. So it's almost like a cone of fire, right? Is that yeah, how I'm understanding yeah. it? It's like you have a cone of fire and it starts out narrow, and as you fire more, it widens and your bullet can yep. land anywhere in that cone. Exactly. And the same goes for games such as Destiny, uh, CSGO, and probably even Valorant right now, although I have not gotten a chance to get into that game yet. So. I think CSGO, it's a recoil pattern, if I'm not mistaken, that the guns have a certain pattern that they follow. It is. It is. Uh, there is a certain pattern, but sometimes you can see some bullets follow a cone of accuracy. Mm. And... Um, I haven't had much time in CSGO either, but I have seen it where you, you know, you hold down the trigger and regardless of your recoil control, you just see one or two bullets that'll stray off to the left or right. Yeah. But as for Splitgate, I just got to say for a free to play game, they did an awesome job with it. It runs 1440p at 155 hertz beautifully, like 155 frames. I have no issues with it. And all in all, it's a fun experience, fun game, and they actually have a season pass right now. Did not see that coming either. Awesome. Uh, Rev, Green, have either of you guys played uh, Splitgate? What do you guys think? Um, I myself haven't got to play it yet. Uh, I I have a friend that was kind of in on the the ground floor of it, and uh, I watched him play it quite a bit. Um, I did have one question about it. You said that the competitive scene is very different. When you say that, do you mean like in a sense of just like overall sweatiness or actual like toxicity? Because I know know a lot of competitive games can have like a really, really, really heavy toxicity behind them. So I was curious as to – because that – for me anyways, that could actually be like a big make or break for me even trying to get into a game is – Right. Is toxicity. Um. 
in my experience, I have not seen a lot of toxicity in it. I've seen a lot more uh, like tea bags. No, not a lot of toxic chat. Um, then again, there's not a lot of chat at all. Hardly any people were in the game chat. Um, the worst thing I did see was somebody just up and left because my team was losing. He just straight up left the game. And I mean, come on, man. You're playing the game, play it out. Don't just right. leave. Yeah, so, but, so it's uh, more different in like a sense of just like the the level of competition in it. Oh, yeah. The, the, I mean, I'm a low ranking player in that game just because I haven't been in competitive much, but I loaded it and people were hitting three taps with pistols, whereas I'm used to hitting four shot bodies and they're just boom, 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 done. Uh, three portals, they portal, close portal within half a second. Just the most reactive players I think I've ever played against, even higher than top tier Destiny streamers and YouTubers that I've played against. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that that was just like my major question about the the difference in the the competitive and casual yeah. was if it was a it was just a skill based thing or if it was actually like a toxicity yeah. thing because that's the way, yeah, like uh, like uh, like other games like League of Legends is the difference in casual and competitive is just like it's overly toxic once you get into that right. competitive mode. But that's that's good to hear that it's it's more just because it's another skill. Way. It's it's a yeah. skill gap. It really is, and they take away from like in. Let's say the social play, yeah, the social play is you load in, you have your assault rifle and a pistol you spawn on. In the competitive mode, you only get to spawn with your pistol. So you cannot rely on that assault rifle shot, which was my shot going into it. That was my gun. And you have to find the assault rifle around the map. You have to find a battle rifle, an SMG, sniper, rocket launcher, uh, all the various weapons. So you're forced to use a pistol, which I do not have that much practice with. So when I came into it, I had all these guys who were just like 50% accuracy with a pistol and nothing I could do about it. So, so it's unique. Yeah. Uh, Green, have you played? What's your experience yeah. with it? Uh, I've played a little bit of it. Um, it. I believe it released the same time as another game update. <laughs> Um, but I'm I'm drawing a blank as to what it was. It was either Apex or Destiny. Um, so I I, I played maybe a total of a day, and then I haven't touched it since. So I actually I think I have it uninstalled. Um, uh, because I was making space for oh, something else too that I can't think of either. Um, but when I played it, it was it was pretty fun. But I didn't have a whole lot of people playing it with me at that time. So I moved on to something that was a little bit more social. Um, but I did like the com- uh, the combat aspects, except for the portals. I couldn't, like, I really couldn't get used to that whole. Oh, you're in a portal. You go through that portal. You're somewhere else. Like, it was kind of disorienting for me at the time. Uh, but that's I also didn't put much time into it either. Yeah, uh, I put a. I don't know. I think maybe I put four or five hours into it. Maybe. Um. I don't know necessarily why it didn't grab me uh, when I first played it. Uh, I know I talked about it. I find a lot of the mechanics interesting. It just didn't seem like there was enough there to really grab me. Uh, Mask, for someone like me who has tried it, uh, why should I kind of go back to this game? Uh, I think you should go back to the game to play with other people for the most part because once you get a get big party going in it it is one of the most fun games to play like i was playing with uh tommy biggs the other day and 
it was just an absolute fun time of just running around kind of good you can goof off in the game and it's a game where you can practice you know your tracking and use it as a side game that that's what i would say is use it as that game to get away from the mainstream big popular games that a lot of people are into you can bring something new to the table and gives you a chance to work on some skills you may want to polish up Oh, whoops, I'm sorry. I accidentally left myself muted there. Uh, was there anything else on Splitgate that we wanted to talk about? Anything we wanted to um, discuss about it? I did have a quick question about it. I yeah. was looking at it in the Steam store a second ago because, you know, with it being free to play, I wanted to go ahead and add it to my library. I saw a Founders Edition for $20, but didn't look too much into it. Can you, do you know anything about the hmm. Founders Edition on it? Um, I do not know anything about the Founders Edition because I had the game installed already and I hadn't checked any of that. I would guess the Founders Edition comes with uh, you know, a special set of skins and possibly the first season one battle passes. This is the uh, first season for Splitgate to be out, and they do have seasonal trackers showing you how good you've done throughout the season. And season pass-wise, when it comes down to it, it's probably the best season pass I've seen out of a game in months. When it comes to cosmetics, reactive uh, camos for armor, reactive portals, one being called Hell's Gate, um, that looks absolutely beautiful. Something out of, um, what is it, Doom Eternal. Something mm. similar to Doom Eternal. It's, you just look at it, you're like, okay, that's the vibe I'm getting in. Everything about it, it's, it's nothing special. It's 10 bucks if you were to want to get some cosmetics, if you were to keep playing the game. But I would also say, if you're not going to be a constant player, it's something... Yeah, just let it go. You probably get them out of the saw packs. And it is double XP, there's happy hours, all that kind of reminiscent of Titanfall 2 where there's a happy hour you give up. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it. It looks like the Founders Edition's primarily just you know, cosmetics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh there's a there's an armor set that looks kinda like an like a yoked up predator. Yeah. That looks pretty cool. But... Uh, armor's armor set wise, there's probably about t- 100 to 200 different sets of armor in that game right now. Yeah, I, it's, it's a lot. I remember loading in and it said I had 125 skins to unlock, and I was like, what? What did I do? I haven't played this game in months. What is this? I do like how on their page they do say that you know cosmetics are strictly for cosmetic purposes and do not affect gameplay whatsoever. So that way it's like, like they put like a full disclaimer right there just so people know it's not. Like a pay to yeah. type thing. Uh, speaking of cosmetics, I know sometimes cosmetics in games uh, cause hitbox mechanics. I have not had that issue. So anybody who just wants a game that's plain and simple, everybody has the same hitbox. There are no advantages for you know anything other than your own gun skill. Split gates the game. Absolutely, hundred percent. Awesome. Uh, anything else? On Splitgate War, uh, Arena Warfare? Uh, I really don't think I have too much else to add. I'd just say give it a shot if you've never tried it before, and I'll see you in there. Awesome. Uh, Padre, you played a game last night. I did. Wanna, you want to talk As about that game? do most of us. You want to talk about that game? I would love to talk about that game. It's uh, okay, so. Most of you know 
that I am like the typical indie guy for for next to nothing, and I do a lot of uh, 2D side scroller platformers and such. But I got to beta test a uh, an upcoming game called The Adventures of Chris. Now, The Adventures of Chris is a hand drawn. 90 style uh platformer about an underdog who it, it kind of in in a way reminiscent to me of wonder song I, I covered that once how you know this whole idea of he's not supposed to be the hero but kind of becomes the hero thing uh now the one thing i'm going to start off by saying that i really liked about this game is it had i i grew up on the super nintendo sega genesis era you know and this game had like for a new game the most like at home true to the super nintendo platform style gameplay and i loved it i will also say that just for it being like just released into beta testing it was it was already fantastically done like everything was really well done for it it was it was really really good i mean i i found i think maybe one mechanic that i reached out to the developer on and like one typo in dialogue that was it um all in all, the game, it, it took me about eight hours to play through. Um, there are a lot of collections and things you could do throughout where you can go and find uh, encyclopedia entries to add to the uh, library and stuff like that. But to give you a little background on on what the whole library thing is, you, you play a character named Chris. If you probably didn't guess that, you should have. Um, and you uh you're going home one night and out of nowhere you get launched into this place called the kingdom of lost balloon or well, actually no you get you get transported to a castle where this dude um this little vampire's name's count jr is wanting to have a birthday party he ends up turning all these kids into toys to give as party favors to his guests and of course the the, the you know the guests are called the um, i think they were called the league of fiends they take the toys. They still don't like him because he's kind of a little brat. But without spoiling too much, your your job is to basically almost like in a Mega Man esque way go to each one of these little <clears throat> members of this uh, this league and, and beat them. And it had kind of a Captain Planet feel because like one of them was about pollution and one of them was uh, like a toxic mosquito. And it was just it was very very nineties platformer. It. it Everything about it screamed nostalgia. There were little uh, hints at pop culture references from the time frame because it takes place in, I think, 94. Uh, and the actual character of Chris in the game is based on the developer. He um, he was a, a big kid when he was younger and was picked on a lot and bullied. Uh, and so there's like this element of realism to it and having to beat bullies in uh, with more than just violence. So it. it kind of for me the story stuck out on multiple levels with the whole idea of not it's not just you know go beat bosses but there is this aspect of hey treat people with respect you know because you never know who could really be the hero in, in the end but all in all i really enjoyed it um it it was a, an easy playthrough in a sense of like intuitive like intuitiveness i guess is the word where you know, you'll come across little puzzle areas and stuff like that and you will probably fail your first couple attempts at it but it's kind of easy to get figured out and figure out the patterns to get through them. Uh, I would honestly, I mean, I'm, I'll give it a full on rating right now. I would say solid seven out of 10 for beta access. I would, I would, I wish it would be a little bit longer, but I'm not going to dock the score too much on it for that. Just because even though it's not that long, there is replayability because there's so much you can go back and do with the collections and stuff. Yeah. 
just real quick because I want to make all the people out there feel old. Uh, Rev, what were you doing in 1994? I was in preschool. Uh, Green. I was sucking on some titties. <laughs> Mind your business. Uh, I was in someone's ball sack. <laughs> I was being born. It's for all the. It's for all the people to feel old. No, all you did was make me feel old. <laughs> you shut up, Fogey. The big thing with those that, that time frame, though, like um from the early 90s uh i've made it a point throughout like especially when i was a teenager to go back and like really take up the media from that time frame uh so like i still have like the aspect of like early 90s stuff in my brain without you know technically living through it because i like i was born in 93 so i was literally born six days into 1990 <laughs> I was I was seven days from being an eighties kid by technicality. <laughs> so oh, one other little aspect I will add real quick. Yeah. Um j- just like one thing I thought was kind of funny is like the characters from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, um, which so was the developer. Uh but there were these little subtleties of the southern slang in his speech, because the dialogue isn't spoken, it's you know, text dialogue. But he was using terms like dag nabbit and y'alls and and stuff like that. I was like, oh god, this is starting to hit close to home at this point. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the writing and stuff like that you said was pretty good. Uh yeah, it, it told a really good story. Uh being a, a platformer, something I always worry about with indie platformers is just like how clean inputs feel and you know do the physics make sense and you know do you ever was there ever a point in time in which you felt like a puzzle was more difficult than it had to be just based on the physics and the inputs of the game there was uh there was one puzzle i kind of felt that way with just one um it's this one where you have to you, you end up unlocking this maneuver that's like a belly flop that gives you like a small bit of iframes it, like it's designed to be able to get by certain enemies that you can't hit uh with your own maneuvers and uh there's a there it's towards the end of the game so i, I figured it was going to be really difficult um but you have to like belly flop onto these fans like the big huge fans to keep yourself from getting hurt by them uh it, it was it was a lot more difficult than I felt it needed to be, but uh, it's still like once you kind of got through it, it became pretty intuitive and, you know, you just kind of start like going up and down because you also learn this move. It's like um, super punch where you just kind of fly straight through the air. And so it was like a combination belly flop up into the air, super punch over to the next fan, belly flop and have to go back. And so it was just like stair stepping these fans all the way up. Uh, I, that was the one point where I found um the uh, like the little invisible wall I was talking about that was the same puzzle as that so maybe I'm just a little salty because I had finally made it through and it it looked like I was going to the edge of it and I just got blocked and knocked back down to the bottom and I was kind of a I was a sad boy but then turned around the very next attempt made it through but um, so that that one puzzle I think is the only time that really it it became a little a little too much the rest of the game though it was it was really consistent. That was the thing. It was really consistent between the, the floating mechanics. Cause you become, you, you get transformed into a balloon. And as you, that's where you go to that kingdom of the lost balloons that I had said earlier. And um, you start learning new powers to be able to, you know, deflate yourself and use your balloon powers to kind of float through areas. And you learn different magic abilities, but everything was, was really consistent. It was um, 
aside from that one that one part yeah so it, it was good awesome um what is this going to retail for do you know uh i don't know yet um i could make an assumption it, it, it'll I'm, I'm assuming it'll definitely be below 20 bucks um i'm assuming maybe 19.99 or 14.99 um because with again the the replayability factor on it and the amazing soundtrack by the way um i'm hoping uh, one of the things i got as a beta test was i got to download the soundtrack um which was it was amazing it was it was really well done it turned out chris did the soundtrack as well um so i'm i'm thinking there may end up being like a soundtrack bundle being released with it um because i know that typically happens on games with good soundtracks um but i would say probably guesstimate maybe 9.99 base game 14.99 bundled with the soundtrack or something or you know, twelve ninety nine or something bundled with the soundtrack, um, but that's just completely guess guesswork. It's it's wish list right now on Steam. I have haven't heard anything. I'm just basing it on what I know from games of like, similar style. Okay, um, Mr. Greenlee, Knight's Mask. You guys have any thoughts or questions? Uh, I do have one, and it's just because I'm a different perspective player when it comes to video games and more of an FPS person. Would you say, for someone who hasn't really been into like a big story mode game or like an, as you said, a '90s style game, would you say this is a good intro into that category of video games? It's actually a, that's actually a fair point. Yeah, I I would say this is this would be a good one. Like if you were wanting to just kind of dip your toes in the water of a of like indie games or, or even retro mm-hmm. games. Cause you know, a lot of people want to get into retro games, but they don't want to, you know, go out and try to find an old console or do that other thing that people do, uh, that is technically illegal. Um, <clears throat> so uh, this game with, with its feel and the way it controls with an actual controller and everything, it, uh, I would say it's actually a really good intro into that style of gameplay, whether you're doing, um, uh, just indie games in general or, um, or want to maybe get into more retro stuff because it does kind of introduce you directly into the story and in the tutorial and it kind of takes you through without really feeling like a tutorial. It's like you're actually still accomplishing stuff as you're going through the tutorial. You're collecting the, the currency in the game is cookies instead of like coins or rings like Sonic and Mario. Oh, okay. um, and so you're actually still collecting these things for real as you're going through the tutorial. So it, you know, it's not just like this wasted time that you're going through. Gotcha. Awesome. I have to, as you said, dip my toes into it. That's actually a really good question. I've never been asked that one before because I, I do. I cover a lot of uh, like indie platformer side scrollers because it's just that <laughs> indie games in general are my style of game. And uh, I've never heard that question asked. And that's actually a really good one. Yeah. Uh, green. Um, I don't really have any questions. I just really, I really enjoyed watching it. Like it's, you it's felt definitely, attacked. yeah. Like you can you can sit there and watch someone play it. Like like let's say you you have your computer out in the living room and you have have someone playing it while you're watching. It is so much. It's like so enjoyable to watch, let alone play. It like, feels like a Saturday, like a legit, just like yeah. old school Saturday morning cartoon, right? And yeah, and I love that he he balloons up and then he'll release it. And, yeah, it makes it's, like the it's fart so noise. good. Yeah, <laughs> Green even I, said I, when he was watching, he goes, "He he kind of looks like me." Like what? <laughs> I'm like a, a a chonk that wears glasses as a superhero. Hell yeah! <laughs> so excited. I, I related so heavily to that part. 
yeah. the thing is the funny thing is though chris uh the the developer he he actually you know since he was bullied so heavily about being overweight when he was younger he ended up working out and getting you know getting his diet and check he's actually a really fit person now and so i'm sitting here like you got all nice and in shape and here i am still representing the character <laughs> Um, what all are they planning on releasing this on? Is it just going to be a PC release? Are they going to throw it on mobile, Switch? Um, so as of right now, uh, it's looking like uh, initial release will be just on on PC. But this is easily one I could see. Uh, like I would really love to see it on Switch more than any other console. Honestly, like it. It's a. There are certain aspects of it that are probably a little too fast for mobile. A few of the. Um, a few of the puzzles might be like way too reactionary to be able to do on a, on a mobile device without like a good mobile controller. Um, but you know, all the other consoles are, are fine and dandy, but this just feels like it would be great on switch. Um, kind of like when cuphead went to switch, it just felt right because it's like stylistically it kind of fits that Nintendo mold, you know? And, and I would love to see it come to switch. Uh, cause I think it would be a great introductory to a lot. Let's face it. A lot of kids have switches like, the switch is the is the console for children like that you know they love it that's what they do um and so i think it would be a great like little kind of introductory tool to kids to learn how to play certain video games because i think a lot of it could be done by children and i i think it could teach a, an important lesson to kids about bullying and stuff so as of right now it's only coming to steam that i've seen but i would love to see it come over to switch as well awesome um anything else on the adventures of chris no i think that's about it okay uh green mask anything else on this topic uh i don't believe so all right i'm good um green we're gonna toss it over to you you have some peripherals for your uh, pc that you'd like to talk about some things that you've been using for a little while and you'd like to review those so i'm gonna toss it on over to you yeah, I, I really wanted to do something like this for a while now. Um, just talking about like different like keyboards and mice and stuff like that. That would uh, be something that people would be interested in if the, if they're in the market for it at the time. Um, everyone at some point or, or another has to try out keyboard and mouse when they're playing on PC. Um, I mean, you don't necessarily need to. Some people play with the Xbox controllers and PlayStation controllers. If that's what you're into, you're more than welcome, more than fine to do so. Um, however, I, I do have a few <clears throat> recommendations for uh, what I have personally used um, that you can pick up that gets you into that level of keyboard and mouse. Um, the first one that I'd, I'd like to review is the uh, uh, Razer Sinosa. I think is that how they pronounce it. Um, and that is Razer's um, attempt at a memory or a membrane keyboard that feels like a mechanical keyboard is their pitch. Um, does it actually feel like a mechanical keyboard? I don't. I don't think so. Um, it's it is a great budget keyboard though. Uh, I think it cost me like forty five bucks at Best Buy on sale, and I think they're even cheaper now. Um, as I said, it's a, mem a membrane keyboard, and it but it has like that kind of clickiness. It's almost like a, it's almost like a weird feeling cherry brown, but like spongier. It's very spongy. 
very very spongy um but for entry level it's a really decent keyboard um you know, if you're not quite sure if you want to go to a mechanical keyboard but you don't and you don't want to spend a whole lot of money um this is a viable option for that um also, I got the Logitech G604, um, and for those who are on uh, the live video or YouTube, that is the shape. It's kind of like an egg. Uh, nice thumb rest on the side. I can't stress how much I love this mouse. Like, I, I fucking love this mouse. It's like, it is the best mouse I've ever had. <laughs> Um, I've had the Logitech G700S actually have that. It's very similar, too. It's pretty much identical. It's just older. Um, and I I loved this mouse. This mouse was fantastic. But it, it is an old-school laser-style mouse, and it just doesn't keep up with the times. Uh, so I picked up the G604 when it came out. I think I believe I ordered it on Amazon um, mid November, um, either mid or late November. I think it was the 22nd is when I received it uh, of 2019, um, and it took about a hundred days for that battery to die, like a little over a hundred days on one single standard AA battery. Wow. Um, yeah, the battery lasts forever, and I have not turned it off. I don't leave it off. I leave it on. Um, it doesn't have any fancy RGB or anything like that. It is completely wireless. Um, it runs off the light speed wireless uh, technology through Logitech. Um, it has six buttons along the left side for your thumb. Um, and then two additional ones on top next to your left click button. Um, so there is a lot of room for uh, key mapping on this thing. Um, and that's one of the things I really enjoy about it. Uh, because I play a lot of MMO style first person shooters like with Destiny 2, um, Apex, where you, you got to press a lot of different buttons at the same time. Um, so it, it relieves my keyboard hand from having to do anything other than move or jump. Um, and it puts essentially puts everything like most of the control interactively to my right, um, which is OK, because I'm only really when you're using a regular keyboard or a regular mouse, you're only using, you know, you're moving and then you're using your, your two fingers. So, I mean, you know, you know, <laughs> Rev knows. So, um, it's not a very heavy mouse. I like, it's relatively big size. It's not, it's not like a, um, competition mouse by any means. Um, if you're looking for like a, a competition mouse, I mean, you can always go for the, uh, the Logitech G Pro is one of them. Um, another option is the Glorious uh, Model O, which I know Mask is a huge fan of. Yeah, see, Glorious. Um, so for me, uh, the price tag is $99.99, uh, which sounds like a lot for a mouse. Like, it's definitely not the most expensive mouse by Logitech. But it is 100% worth it in my mind, um, just because the batteries last so damn long. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it it's extremely responsive with the light, light speed. And those extra buttons are amazing. Like I, I was super 
sad when I like I, I decided to upgrade for my 700. And at the time, the 604 wasn't out. So I went to a Logitech uh, G9, I think it was 903 with the uh, charging pad. And it was a good mouse, except for like it was small. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of buttons on the side, and it was really light, which is fine. But like, I'm that's not what I'm in the market for. I'm I by no means am a professional first-person shooter player. You know, I mainly do do it for fun and for streaming. That's it. So like I, I just I love the options for this keyboard or this mouse. I keep calling it a keyboard, but with as many keys as it has, anyways, it might as well be a keyboard, right? Um, and then the last one that I do want to bring up is the glorious GMMK, uh, and I have it the compact version, um, and that is tiny. It is a sixty-one key uh, compact. USB type two, USB two, um, keyboard through glorious, uh, the GMMK stands for glorious, uh, model mechanical keyboard, I believe. Um, you can get it in three different sizes. It's got the, the full size, the 10 keyless, and then the compact. Um, I personally bought this and I actually have to thank mask for this because he gave me the heads up on the sale. Um, they were, I was looking at the keyboard for a while, uh, as, as well as a couple other ones that were compact. Um, and he just so happened to be like, Hey, there's a sale going on today only. So I picked up the bare bones, um, which is just, it was just the board, the PCB board, um, with the casing, uh, came with a keycap, uh, and switch puller and then two accent keycaps, which is, uh, fantastic because these, uh, keycaps they literally say ascend on them and then it has the glorious oh pc master race yeah yeah as the uh windows key which is is fantastic i love them like i bought the glorious keycaps uh specifically to get those keycaps but the the board came with them anyways so i have two sets i do have a um, question mr green real mm-hmm. quick how do you like the aura keycaps because i did end up ordering those I like the Aura keycaps, um, and I'm actually going to get to the the switches. It's more of a, a switch issue than a keycap issue. the The keycaps feel really nice. Um, I ordered them on Amazon for I think twenty bucks, twenty or no twenty five. Um, and then I went to Novel Keys and I ordered the Cherry Silent Red switches, um, which they're they also refer to them as Cherry MX Pink. Um, which are just it's just reds, but they have a shorter throw. Mm-hmm. I guess a three point seven millimeter throw versus like a you know full four four um, but they're super quiet. And that's I love that they're super, super quiet. I don't get any clicks. Um I can mash on my keys and it, they don't get loud. Um uh, so all around, I think I approximately spent like a hundred and five bucks on this board. Uh, maybe a hundred ten with taxes and shipping. Um I bought 70, 70 switches from Novel Keys. I got them like a week later. Um, the the biggest gripe that I have about this keyboard, and that's really the only gripe, is that the the switches that I ordered um, were PCB mount switches, so I had to clip all the little 
uh, nipples off for the P- uh, PCB mounts because that it was a, a plate mount board. Yeah. Um, and then they were black casings um, instead of RGB casings, and that was really just my fault because um, I, I could have ordered plate mount ones. I could have ordered clear <laughs> casing ones. So I uh, and it's really just more of a cosmetic thing because I really wanted the RGB for when I had my lights off, which I don't really have my lights off very often. Um, just because I stream, so I have a lot of lights on me. So, honestly, most of that was my fault. I cannot complain about this board. It is heavy. The top plate is aluminum, and then the backing is plastic, like a, a hard plastic. You could kill a man with this. Or in, I mean, in Sven's case, he could kill a tiger with it. <laughs> tiger. I, 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 I am afraid to drop this thing. Just because, like, not because it would break, but because I think I would, like, drop it on my foot and break a toe. Like, this thing is, for us, a tiny little thing, this thing is heavy. It's, That's a it good thing. It feels solid. Oh, yeah. Durability. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't slide around. Nothing. If I may, Mr. Green, I do have my white switches if you would like a sound sample of them at any point. Okay. Yeah. They I are in. Get some, uh, sweet. Dope, dope, dope. I'll have to get so, some audio clippings for me sometime. If, if I could uh, interject just briefly, as somebody who's brand new to PC gaming, um, can you summarize what the, um, you, the the colors for switches on mechanical keyboards mean? Because I keep hearing all these terms and have no idea what they mean. I get asked, you know, okay. the color. I'm like the the keyboard's red. Is that I? So I don't know any <laughs> of this. Can you can you summarize it kind of in layman's terms for somebody who may just be getting yeah. into uh, PC? So we'll have to keep it like there, there's many, many variations of switches and I'm, I'm still trying to like figure out, like, I really enjoy the silent reds, but I have been looking at different switches for a, a good while now. Um, the main thing that you're going to hear is reds, which are linear switches. So they are, um, they, it's all how the switch is inside the board. Um, it has the spring as like a, a little guide to them. And then, um, with linears, there's a, it's really smooth on the gu- uh, guide. So when you push it, there's not, it's like, it's just a straight push. Um, uh, browns are the types that, uh, there's a little bump in the groove, the guide that gives you a, a, what's called a tactile feedback. Mm-hmm. So when you click it, you feel that you're clicking it. Um, and then, uh, so blues are clicky. Um, so those have like a kind of like a spring a-, a spring action in them. So when you click, click them, that it, it literally goes click, and you can hear the click. And uh, and that's mainly a lot of people that are typists use those. Mm-hmm. Um, some gamers use blues. I mean, I don't like clicks. Um, blacks are essentially uh, reds but heavier. Mm-hmm. So you have to push down harder, and those are usually used for like some gamers like them, some people don't. Um, it's more of like an industrial thing. Like if you go out to something that has like a keyboard out in a, a an industrial plant, more than likely that keyboard is blacks, black mm-hmm. switches. If it's if it's a switch type board, it it's usually a black. So damn sturdy. Um, another one, let's see here, brown. You got any, any more mask? They're common ones. Um, 
I mean, if we're talking about the big, like, main brands, we could always go to Kale as well because their clicky switches are a little different in their operation, uh, such as the whites. Those are their, you know, top switch, I think, for, for sale. A lot of people are buying them at the moment. Um, very hard to get hands on. They sell out almost every time I'm on novel. And the main yeah. difference is they are actually a linear switch that imp- that has an improvised click using a click bar to give you that type of feedback and it takes away a lot of the ping of your typical switch sound but still gives you that same feedback you look for. Um, then if you want to go for your in-betweens, there's like your Gateron Yellow, which I think is what Tifu is using right now, Yellow. Yellows or Novel Key Creams, but... There's definitely a lot that goes into it, and yeah. really, it's just all in your own opinion. I mean, you got the Romer G's from Logitech, which anybody who's felt Logitech switches will tell you they feel very different. Yeah, even even Steel Series came out with their own their own mechanical mm-hmm. board uh, uh, switch. It's called the Omnipoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, like, there's it's all a matter of preference when it comes to switches. Absolutely. Um, the main the main line that you hear the most is cherry that's cherry mx yeah um and then like gateron and kale those are different essentially brands of switches uh from but they're still a mechanical switch yeah. so like, like cherry clones have, yeah exactly they're like clones of cherries mm-hmm. um, and each each person will tell you that you know their preferred brand is better yeah yeah gateron's better than cherry cherry's bottom of the list or gateron's bottom yeah someone will say that like gateron's smoother than cherry and it's cheaper um like i honestly it doesn't make a huge difference for me like i like i've tested out like i'm gonna get a bigger uh, like a strip of for a tester to just buy each of these switches to try them out um, but for right now, what what gets me going is Cherry Silent Reds. Mm-hmm. So I just like that they're they're smooth. They don't take a whole lot of force to push down, and they're super quiet. Awesome. Uh, anything else in this conversation? We'll be we'll be contextualizing some stuff here later, but I want to see if we're uh, finished with this conversation. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, I maybe have one more thing to add uh, for Mr. Green here. By all means. Uh, just one one more thing to throw in, and um, it's never to be excluded on the uh, budget keyboard side. The Rage of Sinosa is awesome, but that Techware Phantom me and Mr. Green have talked about, awesome mechanical board to get into. It is $45 on Amazon, and you can swap out. You can put Gatterons. There are videos of how to do that, so you can put yeah. Gatterons. Um, it's a great board for the price. You got full RGB. It's awesome. Great board to look at. That's about it. Awesome. Uh, I think we're going to take a two-minute break here, uh, and then we'll come back. Is that, uh, is that sounding like it's a good idea to you guys? Yeah. All right. We'll be back in two minutes. Stay right there, guys. And uh... all right. So thank you for everyone for letting us take a break and also letting us uh, work at the kinks of the show. Um, So we have a topic here uh, that I've been wanting to talk about. I've mentioned it a few times. Uh, 
um, just on like contextualizing tech terms, right? We talk about um, we talk about what is in a computer and like graphics cards, and we talk about you know running at this speed, and you know we we use terms like teraflops and you know. Uh, HDD versus SSD and all this stuff. And I wanted to kind of contextualize that for people who don't, who don't really know what that means, who, who doesn't, who don't have the experience or the education or the know-how to decode all that language. I know I, especially when talking about like processors and teraflops and stuff like that, uh, I personally start to get kind of lost and it goes over my head. Um, that's just not something I'm, I'm very knowledgeable about. So I kind of want to go through that. Uh, Mask is fairly knowledgeable. Um, I believe you have some education in, in in this, correct? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, from the research I've done, a little bit of uh, schooling, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we kind of want to... Go ahead. You're in, right now, you're in computer engineering as well, right? I think that's what you're saying. Yes, I am in computer engineering school right now, or actually, no, I'm planning on getting into it. I'm just getting some bare okay. necessities out of the way, but I have done a lot of uh, research in the past on why everything matters and just from building computers and helping people, other people build computers and put together components, I had to kind of explain stuff. So, yeah. So, yeah, we just kind of want to contextualize this. And I, I kind of compiled some what I think are very common, um, very common computer questions or tech questions, I should say. Um, and we can kind of go down the list here. Uh, I think we'll all kind of jump in on where we can fill in some of the knowledge. Um, but this is one that I know I really don't have any authority to speak on. And that is, what does it mean for a processor to run at a certain speed? So, for example, Let's say you're watching Linus Tech Tips and they talk about uh, uh, an Intel processor, an i9 processor, Intel i9-5600 running at 2.8 gigahertz. Just mm -hmm. something, I mean, I kind of mouth diarrhea it there. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's actually a real thing. If it is, I'm going to be impressed with myself. But I'm going to let you guys... Uh, Actually, actually, it's a 9800K. 9800, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I say it, was, it would run at 12.8 gigahertz, it would run at 5 gigahertz. So that speed is too low for Intel, that has to be AMD. <laughs> <laughs> so I rattled off a bunch of letters and, and numbers there. Break it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, when it comes down to your CPU and its speed, um, really, I guess the one takeaway from it should be the speed that it's saying it runs at. It's just how fast your computer is going to be able to communicate with all the different components in it. That's why it's pushed that the higher your processor speed, um, you know, the better your computer is going to run. But sometimes it's the farthest thing from the truth. Because um, we look at our new Ryzen CPUs that have come out, the Ryzen 3rd Gen, and they are slower than most of the... In Actually, no, I think all of them are basically slower than our main Intel CPUs. But when it comes down to price for performance, they're matching them, which is kind of incredible. And that's all Match due to... What? Matching, matching and outperforming. Matching and outperforming, and... That all boils down to how well 
can the cores in the processor communicate with each other? And what they have done is basically taken a Threadripper, which is a super expensive. Anybody who is into computers knows a Threadripper is an expensive, expensive CPU, costing sometimes $1,000, if not more. Um, And they put that technology into their basic CPU. And it allows for all the cores to communicate to each other on a very um, fluid channel, I would say. Like, everything is going at once in a circular pattern. It's just all going around. And it just means all cores can run consistently. And it also means you can take a lot of stress off of several other cores at a time. Um, And it's just, it's a crazy crazy thing that they're doing like i wish i knew more in detail as to how they got that to work but Uh, i mean bare knowledge that i can give for now in the simplest explanation is just how fast your computer is able to react and respond with other components and what you're doing on it like to what i like to when i when i try to explain this to someone who doesn't quite know what PCs like what each component is I like to explain to them that you got to look at your computer as like an athlete um, like a, a full grown male athlete or female athlete that is the top of their game um, you got to look at the motherboard as essentially like the nervous system of your computer whereas the, the CPU is the brain of the operation it's what's doing mm-hmm. all the thinking right um, so, um, when you have like something that's running at peak shape, uh, at, you know, 4.0 to 5.0 gigahertz, it means that your, that your brain is pumping out as much information as it can at that speed. That's going fast. Um, yeah. And it just depends on how many cores your brain has, like how many, how many, uh, how many parts of the brain are actually thinking at, at a time. And like, if, if you have like, let's say a CPU that has two cores and it's like, it's getting loaded into that very specific spot and versus something that has like eight cores, it can divide the work between each of the cores and process it faster. Yep. Um, I mean, another thing I guess that I could throw in there is it's kind of like a cycle speed as well when you're looking at CPUs. When you look at that 5 gigahertz, the best way I could explain it is it's, you know, that cycle going, everything refreshing constantly. It's, it's what's going through your motherboard all at once. All the information is cycling at the 5 gigahertz per time, which... Um, I'm trying to remember exactly how many hertz that would be. It's, I believe, I'm I'm trying to remember my chemistry terminology because we just went over this. I'm not even going to guess it. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a lot, though. I know it's a lot of hertz. Yeah. Um, Brain overload. Yeah. So are we good on the on the processor question? Yeah, I believe so. I if, so. If you feel I've, if you feel it's been explained pretty well. Yeah, I think so. I think at least people can kind of, kind of go from there and find and find some research now that they kind of know a little bit more on how to, 
talk about it. Um, right. Here's a big one that I think a lot of people who might be younger or just not very tech savvy when it comes to uh, the new consoles that are coming out. Uh, what is the difference between an HDD and an SSD hard drive? Because as we know now, the Xbox One and the PS5 will both have SSDs. Um, there's a lot of talk in when you build PCs about the kind of hard drives that you should have, uh, stuff like that. Um, this is one where I feel a little bit more comfortable talking about, but whoever wants to, whoever wants to take the reins on this, uh, feel more than welcome to. I believe in you. All right. All right. So <laughs> I can butt in on any questions anybody yeah. has. So physically or mechanically, I should say the difference between an HDD and an SSD is that an HDD hard drive, it, when you crack it open, when you break it open, there's a metal plate that is um, magnetized and there's a like a in it writes the the hard drive writes data directly to that magnetized plate and that's how it stores that data and so when you that when the power turns off all the data is still there and you can plug that back in you know as long as it's formatted to the, the to you know the correct operating system um you know you can plug that back in you can see all the files um right there an ssd stores your data on flash memory chips kind of like a well i mean a, a very um good example of this would be like a almost like a flash drive or an sd card um and so that's the that those are the two big differences between the two typically an ssd um tend to be a little bit more expensive now they've kind of become the standard uh in recent years um but they tend to be a little bit more expensive and they some they typically have less storage when compared to hdds mm -hmm. but they are generally faster um and i'm saying generally just because i'm sure there's going to be someone out there who's like actually there's this hdd that is still the fastest on the market and i don't particularly care um about one example. consistency yeah exactly i don't care about one potential example that someone can pull up on amazon um right now ssds like i said they're becoming the standard i think if you're building a pc mm -hmm. get you know get a, a one terabyte ssd to start out with and then um if you are planning on expanding you know if you're doing a lot of media editing or you're downloading a lot of games or you know you just need the space then you know you can debate with yourself if you want to get an, an hdd for extra storage or an ssd for extra storage i think if you are um i think definitely if you're building a new pc go for an ssd and if you can get it uh, i believe it's called an m.2 drive correct yeah, and yeah, M.2, and it just depends on if your motherboard also supports yeah. M.2. M.2 right. is most and do now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Really, at this point in time, uh, there is a lot of hype about the M.2s and how fast they are. But from what I have seen, you can still get by with an SSD that still runs on SATA, and it'll be dang close yeah. to some of the M.2s that are out there. So I wouldn't stress... If you can't, if your board doesn't support M.2, yeah. uh, definitely you're fine with SATA. So M.2 yeah. and SATA are the are the connection mm -hmm. types. You know, if you think about like right. USB or HDMI is 
not like a right. comparable difference, but you know, they're two different kind of inputs or you know, inputs and outputs. Right. And, and size is a big factor in them too. Cause your M.2s are just little sticks, you know, mm-hmm. they're little tiny things. Whereas your SATA drives are still kind of little bricky, but not too bad. Yeah. You know, um, def- definitely no HDD. Yeah. Yeah. yeah HDDs no. are pretty bricky. I don't have, that's a weapon. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, if I had my, I'm looking, I'm scanning my office right now. I don't think. Let me look over my desk. Uh, I actually, I have an external hard drive right here. That's ex- that I can. That was exactly what I was looking oh, yeah. for. Yeah. 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 This is actually really cool. This is a waterproof, rugged lifestyle one. So this is when you're supposed to take on uh, like hiking trips and whatnot. If you're wanting to, I guess. Uh, access photos on your laptop from mm. other stuff but yeah and yeah. those are and those are all ssds i believe right well this this is an hd oh that's an hd i got one? this for my laptop oh. uh i got this from my laptop a while ago it is a two t- <laughs> 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 size doesn't matter rev <laughs> um, um but yeah this is an hdd um and i can tell you right now having an external hard drive is thing hell yeah <clears throat> It, it has so. external hard drives. The only time I've ever really used them was um, for photo, uh, like field recording and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and, and backing things up. Uh, because yeah. as soon as you get done with a shoot and someone takes the SD card out of the camera, um, there, there's all sorts of things that can happen to footage. Um, if anyone yeah. works in, in media production has ever told you that, uh, things can get lost, SD cards can get lost computers can get destroyed so it's always good to have it on like three different options and then try to upload it to the cloud if you can um okay so here's another one here's another uh uh, thing i feel like a lot of people if they're looking at displays um hear a lot and maybe don't know what is the refresh rate of a monitor and why does it matter okay so refresh rate of a monitor that's basically how many times your monitor is cycling whatever is on screen mm-hmm. um like the flicker i guess is kind of it, i'm trying to think of a better term to describe it at least from what i've seen yeah but the higher your refresh rate the less of a flicker you're gonna get the less screen tearing you're gonna get and i mean if you're not a high first person shooter player that's where you know you're going to see the differences in what you want your refresh rate to be because there's going to be a difference between the player who's playing like league of legends who maybe wants to see it in 4k detail instead of 240 hertz or 240 frames per second and then you have your let's say call of duty player who wants the highest possible frame rate so he can be as accurate as possible and get as many cycles through that screen as possible so he's never ever having to lose uh, side of anything there's no blurriness nothing uh, i mean i play i have two different monitors one is a 240 hertz 1080p the other one is a 1440p 155 hertz overclocked monitor and i switch them on and off to kind of test and see if you can really see a difference between it and i gotta say as of right now the detailing on a 1440 P screen is really pulling me away from playing at higher refresh rate. Mm-hmm. And that's from an FPS player. Everything's so much more crisp and clear. It really is. 
so kind of going back to what it with the refresh means mm-hmm. um i have some things here that i can speak to so uh the monitor kind of re- it's called vertical refresh rate is what a lot sometimes people call it and so your monitor just kind of mm-hmm. scans these lines back and forth and it'll do that it'll do that w- one full cycle 60 times mm-hmm. 60 hertz which is, is fairly standard we'll do that this all the way down your screen 60 times a second um right. so if you want to see it in action um one thing you might have noticed this on tv like just like in your local news or something like that and you see like if you know let's just say they're like at a work computer or something like that at, at or in like a school computer lab or something and you see kind of that weird line that's going down the screen that's the refresh rate actually being caught by the camera because there's just yeah. some conflicting information because a camera works the same way in, in many in many regards or reproduces the same thing and so if there's any sort of um weird out of sync shit you'll see it um that's also and that's a little bit different from uh you mentioned 1080p uh yeah. the p in p stands for um progressive and so progressive is that that it's going like this there's another one called interlace so you might hear someone say 1080i that's interlaced um and so that's when like the refresh rates are merging like this almost i believe i'm i'm a little i'm a little out of my <laughs> i'm a little out of all my um media production classes but you can see like when something has been filmed interlaced um mm-hmm. you know if you i could actually even make my um i could make my camera do it right now if i wanted to but i'm not going to but yeah if you see like lines like uh horizontal lines uh going through something when you like there's a lot of movement um that's when it's inner interlaced and it hasn't been de-interlaced whoops for a progressive screen um that didn't knock me back into robot state did it no you're good okay so that's so that's some stuff on on refresh rates and like what those terms mean like when someone says 1080 and then i guess i also said um the 1080 part is the pixel density almost it's how many pixels are in yes you know and it's what is it um 1080 by is it 1280 right is that what it is um 1080 by 9 1920 1920 by 1080 1920 by 1080 thank you um and then uh there's 16 by nine, which is what most monitors and TVs are in now. And then you have four by three, which is what most like CRT screens, you know, tube TVs and stuff mm-hmm. like that were, um, you know, 15, 20 years ago. But yeah. And then you have your new ultra rides, which are like 21 by nine or something like that, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and even higher than that. And they're, I don't know. Yeah. Very weird. I haven't gotten a chance to play on one yet. I'd yeah. Yeah. But that's that's just some basic stuff, you know. Most most monitors will be sixteen. I'm sorry, I'm reading someone. Else. It will be um, will be uh, 
shit what am i, I i'm reading chat and i'm just losing <laughs> it my brain melted there for a second so it's a 16 by 9 mm-hmm. yeah okay so most models will be 16 by 9 um, yeah for the most part cool uh anything else on on monitors and like what people should know about with with monitors if they're looking at buying like just like what some of these things mean um really i don't think so i mean you can always look at the refresh rate and just know that the higher the refresh rate almost the more clarity in the image yeah a lot of times and the less blurring there's going to be when it comes down to looking for one but i would say as of the market right now if you're are going to look at that it 240 hertz just isn't worth the price tag that you're going to pay right now so just real quick someone pointed out uh, something and they were right i i didn't mention this um aspect ratio it's so six it's first number by it's first number long by next number high so 16 long mm. by nine high four long by three high um is, is how aspect ratio works um okay here's one that i feel like people who are building pcs probably ask a lot and need some need some contextualizing for it uh what does ram do in a computer okay your ram is it's like your short-term memory for your computer um it's whatever is going on right now in the computer. So your web browsers, the games you're playing, it's whatever is being stored up as you go while that computer is on. And then when your computer turns off, gone. It's done. That's it. All, all, everything you just did, gone. The RAM is wiped clean. Um, and there are actually software protocols that you can do, that you can set up to where every five minutes, every 10 minutes, once a day you can even if your pc's on all day you can clear that ram which does actually believe it or not sometimes increase frame rate or um decrease the amount of times you may have to restart a game if you're on a lower end uh budget pc or something like that so um I mean, yeah, it's, just, it's basically just the short-term memory of your computer, and if you are having issues with game crashing, I would look into your RAM being a, a primary issue and seeing how much of that cache size is being filled up. Yeah. Uh, oops. The acronym there, RAM, is Random Access mm-hmm. Memory, correct? Yes. Um... This might be a question for either you or Green, uh, mm-hmm. but you know they talk about DDR three RAM or was it DDR four? Is that current? Or are we DDR four is current, yep. uh, at least most preferred. Yeah. So what is what is like DDR four DDR three mean? Mm. I got. I can get it if you'd like. Yeah, go um, on. So go on this one. I didn't get this D- one. DDR four is essentially um, uh, the best way to explain it is it's the current main format of RAM. Um, it's a different uh, pin style than the predecessors of DDR three, DDR two, um, and generally. The main difference is DDR4 can handle faster megahertz of speed um, 
than the DDR3 models. So like my gaming PC is DDR4 at 3000 megahertz. And that's, uh, I have it clocked to 3000 megahertz. I have, I have not overclocked it. It is at 3000 um, versus my stream PC, which is DDR3 at, I think, less than 2000. I, I don't know because I didn't put this all together. Um, I bought it off a friend. I didn't clock it. I I just let it run. Uh, so the 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 DDR4 you can't even fit a DDR3 in a DDR4 slot. You can't fit a DDR4 disc into a DDR3 slot um, just because it's the prongs are completely different. Um, it's essentially you know each concurrent year or each concurrent model gets better and better. On how fast they run, how fast they process, how how fast they essentially store what you're doing. That makes sense. And just to kind of throw this into the mix, um, when you're looking at RAM, just for anybody who's looking to build a computer, know that with AMD and Intel, there are preferred speeds of RAM. And AMD is built to handle higher speeds. Of RAM, so when you're looking at your different RAM sticks, just know you're probably going to pay a little bit extra if you go down the AMD road. Uh, I currently run DDR4 3600 megahertz RAM with my uh, processor. But um, another fun fact is when it says 36 megahertz, just know that that number is actually um, half of what they advertise. I don't. I never got into why. I tried to figure it out and couldn't. But from as far as I know, if it says thirty six hundred, that means eighteen hundred. Well, for for um, RAM, when you get the RAM in, um, mm-hmm. and it says that, like the speed on the box, uh, that that's what it's rated for when you clock it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so like you get like let's say you buy a. Uh, 16 gigs of RAM out of the box, some Corsair Vengeance. Um, it's probably going to be, when you plug it in, it's probably going to be like 1800, 1900 when you, when you first plug it in. And then once you turn on your XMP through your BIOS, you can bump it up to 3000, and that is the safe operating speed for those sticks. Right. But there's a little secret thing where it actually, yes, it says it's operating at 3600, but for some reason, when it's communicating with your CPU, it only operates at half of its thing. And there's a whole weird aspect that goes into that. I've seen it in YouTube videos. I've read about it online. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why it does that. Yeah, Um, I can't say I, I know that either. Yeah, it's a very, very weird thing, but um, it's just like a little fun fact, and that's just how it operates within your... I think it's like just its communication with your CPU, which is why AMD likes the higher uh, RAM. You need the faster communication with uh, how quickly those cores on the uh, new Ryzen series uh, communicate with each other, so... Awesome. Um, I'm kind of looking at our time here, so I'm going to skip our second to last question here and just kind of go to the one that I feel like I ask a lot, and that is, what the fuck is a teraflop? I have I have a definition here, if we need it. 
<laughs> I don't know if I still understand it. <laughs> okay, so I think you should go on with the definition, and then I think I may know exactly what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, just from what I know between PC and console. Mm-hmm. But let's go ahead with that definition, and then I'll try my best to go into at least what I know or what I think I know for now. Yeah. So here's what I found for what a teraflop is. It's a mathematical measurement of computer performance and refers to the capability of a processor to calculate one trillion floating point operations per second. So one teraflop. Yeah. So if, if, it, if it can calculate one trillion floating points in one second, that's one teraflop. Mm-hmm. It can do it in six yeah if you can do six in one second six teraflops the what uh xbox one is or the xbox series x is currently boasting it can do 12 uh calculations of one trillion floating point operations per second Mm -hmm. what what that calculation really means or how it really affects anything that's where i get lost i'll kind of I mean, I think when it comes to teraflops, it's more on, and I'm just kind of shooting in the dark from what I've read on it because I hadn't really looked into it until you brought it up um, the other day and I tried to read up on it a bit. And at least for, at least when it comes to consoles, uh, you see a significantly higher uh, download rate on consoles and it's kind of crazy how you know the drives work on consoles and I think the teraflops may play into a role on that um, just at least in my experience I know that I can go on to like let's say an Xbox or a Playstation and download I can put them side by side with my PC and for some reason despite all the amazing and whatnot you can still get a higher download rate on a console than you can on any just about any PC on the market. And I think it's due to the teraflops and well, how ter- much you can handle. Teraflops, like the biggest thing with, when, you, when you're referring to teraflops um, is they're going to be aiming towards the graphics card for the, uh, or the GPU. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, when you have like... Uh, a GPU that is boasting 12 teraflops versus a GPU that, that's boasting 10 teraflops. Um, and essentially, what it's saying uh, that is that 12 teraflop one is processing that image that it's producing to your to your monitor at a faster rate. So um, it's essentially like a uh, the electronic version of dick swinging when it comes to a graphics card. While well, well, yes, you right. do need a good amount of processing power for the GPU because the your your CPU and all the other parts of your PC generally don't do high end graphics like when you're playing video games and stuff like that. Um, if it has onboard graphics, it can handle you know Google, you know. YouTube stuff like that, but if you're playing heavy gaming, your your CPU alone can't process that. Um, right. Unless you're playing like Mario. Right. Even then, that's pretty a pretty big stretch too. So, 
with that being said, um, the, the higher you have that 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 speed, that uh, that processing power, um, the more likely you're going to get higher frames being produced, like to your monitor. Um, the crisper the image is going to look, so on and so forth. Does it mean you necessarily need something that has twelve teraflops of your dick swinging power? I no, not really, not necessarily. I mean, right. I think mine's rated for like ten point eight something, and I I run essentially one hundred forty four frames on every game yeah. I play high, which so, is. I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of crazy to me though that you can have you know a higher end GPU. Like I'm looking here and it says that let's say an AMD Radeon Pro, it only runs, I think about four teraflops. It says, whereas an Xbox Series X runs at twelve teraflops. You know, so it's, and if your uh, GPU right now, you do you have a 2080 right now? I have the 20, 2080 Super. 2080 super and you said it runs about 10.8 yeah but the the main thing with that um so like the xbox one is going to be essentially comparative to the 2080 ti which is a a 12 gigabyte right a processor versus eight um so so, if if we're looking at that in teraflop terms relating to frames why would the Xbox still be locked at that 60 if it's that comparable? You know what I mean? I'm okay. just wondering. I'm just wondering that question of why, the, you know, they locked them. So it much. just depends on if they are actually going to lock it to 60 frames. Because um, this, uh, I know the this current oh, Xbox this, One. Okay. This is for the Series. Yeah, Series X. Yeah, Series X. Sorry, I'm thinking Xbox One uh, for some reason. Yeah, no, you're fine. Um, so, like, the biggest thing between, like, the... 5700 XT versus like current main 20 series is they're actually running at a, a different um, style of plug than the 2000 series. Mm-hmm. Like the it, it and it also is you know DDR. Yeah. So that's another a big thing is it while the 2000 series may process stuff faster in the graphics card it doesn't communicate as fast with the cpu and motherboard as like the the next gen and the uh, gpus gotcha well not saying it's worse it's saying that right now they have kind of a foot hold of price per, per per performance because uh there's can technically communicate with everything else faster Right. And I think the same can be said for uh, their GPUs as well, like with the 5700 XT. and Because price for performance, you can pick up a 5700 XT on Amazon right now for about $370 and sit right up there with a 2070, 2070 Super and close in on 2080s in some cases, which are $500 plus cards. It's kind of crazy. It's an awesome world we're living in right now for uh, PC gamers, everybody. Hmm. Um. Anything else that we want to talk about on this? Anything, Rev? Do you want to contribute anything to this at all? All I know is I've learned a lot today because I have <laughs> not known any of this stuff before. I have 
I've always been just like, oh, big number must mean big performance. And I'm actually discovering that that's not the case. Yeah. Necessarily oh, all the time. Um, and that RAM means something completely different in computer terminology than it does. It, you know, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I will put a little disclaimer, right? We we aren't hope we aren't trying to give you like a PhD ed- education in computer science and and understanding w- processing. We're we're trying to help you at least get some of the terminology, some of the ideas down, put some you know little nodes in your brain. So when you go to research on your own and hopefully find some some decent sources, you can kind of contextualize it a little bit and understand mm-hmm. um, what's like a in prerequisite. Terms what's that? almost like a look like a prerequisite type yeah. thing like it's it's uh like a beginner's class yeah in beginner's class taught by intermediates <laughs> exactly speak for yourself there big shoots <laughs> uh i'm fairly certain none of us are uh linus sebastian or the gentleman who runs um or gaming the gentleman who runs gaming nexus or snazzy mm-hmm. labs or steve yeah, is that what his I'm, name is? I'm that uh, dude that flipped see. his uh, motherboard over and dropped his CPU on the ground. I'm whoever that guy was. That's me. Oh, li- that's that's Linus. That's, oh, never mind. No, I'm not that. <laughs> yeah, I, Steve, I'm, I'm that Steve, moment like, of his career. I relate to. Uh, I think it is Fitbit. Or no, not Fit. What is it? Bitwit. 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 Yeah. Wild, I not Kyle, do though. Not really Fitbit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, not Fitbit. No. <laughs> so, with that. I figure it's probably time to uh, go to the last topic of the show, which is the deals of the month for April twenty. That, dr- that was so dramatic. Like there was, I was, <laughs> I was making sure that everything was spelled correctly before I uh, swapped over. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I still think we need like a tone for it though, like a like a little intro music. Oh yeah, like a dun 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 dun, dun, dun deals of the month. You know what? I will work on that. You I guys won't be able to hear it, but I'll be able to hear it. I'll I'll just put it and in my touch like, portal. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so I've got Twitch Prime, which, of course, if you guys have Amazon Prime, connect your Twitch account to your Amazon account. Not only do you get one free sub a month, but you also get a bunch of free in-game loot and games um, that uh, every month you get for free. Uh, Like I said, free sub a month. Use it on um, Rev, Green, Mask, whoever. Um, Amy don't use it on me. Don't use it on me. I'm not worth it. Use it on Rev or Green or Knight or anyone else who appears in the show. Anyways, uh, the free games that you can get for uh, Twitch Prime this month include Earthlock, a JRPG released by Snow Castle Games in 2016. Kathy Rain, a 2016 point-and-click adventure by Clifftop Games. Turok, a future, or I'm sorry, a Turok, a retro FPS released in 1997 by Iguana Entertainment. Um, Etherborn, Etherborn, I'm not sure which how you pronounce pronounce it. Um, it's a gravity puzzle game by Altered Matter released in 2019. And then Light Matter, a first-person puzzle game by Aspir and released in January of 2020. Those are the five games that are free on 
uh, Twitch Prime this month. Epic. Uh, there are four games that are uh, coming up here very shortly. Drawful, which is available until April 9th. Uh, Drawful 2, I, I should say. Um, Sherlock Holmes, Crimes and Punishment will be available starting on April 9th and ending on April 14th. Gone Home will be available uh, until the 9th. And Hob is available until the 9th. I can say Gone Home is an interesting game. Um, it's definitely not one that I would pay for. It was uh, free on Twitch Prime a while ago. So if it's interesting to you, go on ahead and pick it up. Like I said, it's not one of those ones I, I would necessarily pay for. I would get it for free. Definitely worth the free pickup, though. Uh, I, I played it before, too. Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, I can go ahead and vouch for that. Yeah. Um, and then I checked on GOG. There's just a lot of games that are free on GOG. Some of the ones I saw that are free right now are uh, Doom Dark's Revenge, Kane, Hello Neighbor, the alpha version, uh, Sun Rider, Mask of Arcadius, and Shadow Warrior Classic Complete. Those are all free and in DRM free. So go, uh, if any of those interest you, uh, pick them up. Uh, we're going to go to you, Padre. All right, so I, I'm taking over uh, the uh, I'm going to do the free with gold because there hadn't been a lot really added to the Xbox Game Pass, um, but I will do the uh, the free with gold this month. Um, you get Project Cars 2, which is just kind of a, another just typical kind of racing simulator. You get Knights of Pen and Paper, which is something that actually interests me because it's it's like a, a pixel style uh like 90s driven looking RPG. Uh, you get the Fable Anniversary Collection, which I think will, a lot of people, at least on the Xbox, would be excited to pick up if they haven't already, just because Fable is kind of one of those original, like Xbox 360 and Xbox go tos. Um, and then you get Toy Box Turbos, which is, uh, it's been described as a, um, like a Mario Kart esque type racer, but in like the vein of Toy Story. So it's like you're actually the little toys racing around the tracks and stuff like that. Um, nothing particularly great this month, um, but there's rumors floating uh, that next months are supposed to be really good to kind of uh, the way they put it was kind of like help people out after putting up with all the all the um, COVID-19 stuff with some good games and because they already had these like scheduled for release, but May's haven't uh, weren't when all this began. Uh, so hopefully May will bring better titles because these are just kind of. Eh. Yeah. Uh, anything for the switch? Uh, I have not seen anything really for the switch because everybody's just kind of focused on. Uh, Animal Crossing. Uh, hel- yeah, Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. I almost said Assassin's Creed because everybody keeps saying AC, and I was oh, that's completely well, <laughs> not completely wrong. But that's the only AC for me. Yeah, Tom Nook's a crook. That's all that matters. That there's your Nintendo Switch news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going on over to Sony, Mister Greenlee. Sony Sony's living like kings right now. Like all y- y'all PlayStation Plus uh, members, y- y'all are getting. Marvel Spider-Man this month for free. I cannot stress how good that game is. It is from the same people who made the uh, Batman, like the Arkham City, Arkham Knight. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Arkham shit. Asylum. First one. Yeah, that's it. Arkham something. Arkham everything. 
fantastic game. I like I love the controls of that game. Like it is very reminiscent of like the old like one of the best Spider-Man games I've ever played was like uh the Spider-Man 3, like the the game that came from the movie and the movie was really shit, but the game was really good. This like takes Spider-Man 3 and and like puts it like on a whole different level. It is so good. Like the story is fantastic. If you got PlayStation Plus and you haven't played this game yet, uh, or you're a sucker like me who paid 60 bucks for it, you can get it now for free. This game is fucking fantastic. It's good. Like it's got like it's got a huge amount of his rogue gallery in there. Um, and even introduces Taskmaster, a black cat, like everyone. Um, and they also like as I said, the story is fantastic. And it actually sets up for a sequel in that game, in that campaign mode. Highly recommend it. Pick it up. It's free. Pick it up. Um, they're also offering Just Cause 4, which is a Square Enix uh, game. It's an action-adventure shooter-style game. Um, that's a really big one, too. Like A lot of people really enjoy that game. Um, and then the Golf Club uh, 2019, which is like a PGA Tour-style golf game. If that is something that tickles your fancy too, that's your real winner um, right there. Yeah, that's the real breadwinner. I mean, the only thing better than playing this game is actually playing golf. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, that Spider-Man game though, that is a huge win. Like for uh, PlayStation Plus, I, I spent you know I spent full price for that game, worth every penny. So yeah. now if you can get that game for free and you've never played it, jump or swing. <laughs> oh man you guys didn't see the look in his eye when he made that if you're listening on spotify it uh spotify or apple or whatever yeah it was uh um, it's a look um one thing i forgot to mention is it seems like uh wizards of the coast the people behind uh dungeons and dragons uh are por- putting out a bunch of free content for people who might be trapped inside um and stuff for like content for kids and stuff like that so go check them out um or check out whatever they're putting out there uh yeah any other deals that of the month that we need to to mention we good i'm good all right we good to wrap up the show then yeah all right let's wrap up the show um let's start with mask mask for the people who might have missed the uh, beginning of the show or joined us halfway through uh tell the kind folks out there who you are what you do and where people can find you all right everybody ladies and gentlemen you can find me over at twitch.tv slash mask um i'm sure as danny will say at the end there should be a link at some point uh but I am an FPS gamer. I play Destiny 2 a lot if you're into that. I also play a lot of uh, Splitgate right now, and I'm hoping to get into streaming a little bit more as my schedule begins to free up, but please feel free to stop by any time. Thank you all very much. All right, and Green Elite. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be playing some stuff on my my, my, my Twitches and, and, and things. I... I'm not exactly sure what's going on right now. I'm having a little existential streaming crisis on what games to play. Um, I've genuinely been thinking about picking up Minecraft. I don't know why. 
it uh, would it would have nothing to do with the fact that I'm it playing it almost exclusively nothing. right now, right? Yeah, you you dragged me, or I dragged you into Apex. You're gonna drag me down with Minecraft. So I'm not sure, but you can always catch me up on, on my Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Green Elite, and then also my Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Pornhub, and OnlyFans.com. <laughs> Lolzies. Uh Rev, what's coming up on your channel? Okay. Um, so coming up on my channel, I have a few things. Um, I'm going to beat that stupid f- skeleton sands from undertale on Thursday. Um, that's, I, he's been a nightmare and a bane to my existence. So that's going to happen. But aside from that, um, I've got, uh, I've got world of horror that I saw that, uh, I've got world of horror, uh, in the pipelines, which is like a one bit Lovecraftian horror, um, game that i've been wanting to check out for a while made by the or published by the same people who did nirvana or well valhalla and the upcoming nirvana um and then i'm going to start playing risk of rain 2 i got a copy of it i want to uh, i want to give it a shot um i'm going to be reading on stream again for the first time in a long time we're going to be reading 50 shades of chicken again because a lot of people apparently are intrigued by that book uh and then saturday i'm going to actually be doing a small event where i'm trying to gather up just like game keys that people may have spares of or anything like that i've got a bunch already but i just want like a lot of people weren't able to take advantage of the covid19 humble bundle thing and all that and so i'm taking a bunch of game keys and i'm just going to be giving them away on uh like kind of a semi-marathon stream on saturday in hopes that maybe just kind of brighten somebody's day um but that's kind of um it's kind of what uh, what i got going on you can find me over at twitch.tv slash revsven r-e-v-s-v-e-n uh you can find me on twitter instagram tiktok uh just about anywhere under revsven tv and that's 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 all I got to say about that. Excellent. Um, coming up on my channel, uh, a lot more Minecraft. Um, I I did put out a. There won't be a YouTube video coming out um, this week. I'm going to find a few more demos that I can play. Um, probably be searching HIO and stuff like that. Uh, I did put out a video this last week on YouTube uh, for. Uh, Waves of Death, which was real bad. <laughs> it was <laughs> real bad. Um, you guys should see my reaction because uh, if you guys don't know if, what I've been doing on YouTube is I literally load up the uh, the demo and then I record myself playing it. Um, <laughs> so everything is genuine reaction. Um, so that's what's coming up on my channels. Um, of course, you guys can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Danny K, D-A-N-I-E-C-A-E. Really, do follow me on Twitter. Um, there's a lot of updates and stuff about the show, a lot of information about the show. But I also have some fire tweets. Um, I think I, I can be some, I think I can be pretty fucking savage sometimes. Um, <laughs> so uh, saucy. Yeah. Such a saucy little boy. Other than that. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's show. We appreciate all of you for joining us this week. Be sure to follow all of us on our individual Twitch channels and find us all on social media. Uh, if you guys missed any part of the show, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. If you guys prefer a VOD, we are also on YouTube. Uh, just look up Danny K Media on YouTube and subscribe there. And if you guys are already watching us on YouTube, subscribe, like, maybe ring that bell if you uh, really appreciate what we do. Um, 
Some ways you guys can help uh, help support the show is give us a rating and review on your platform of choice. Uh, share us on your own social media accounts and also uh, tell your friends about the show. Um, these guys were fucking with my notes again, uh, so I'm not going to say what they want me to say here uh, other than thank you for watching. We'll talk to you guys next week. Please stay healthy. That wasn't healthy. me. <laughs> Please stay healthy and stay safe, and we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye. Love you. Like what you heard? Be sure to check our individual Twitch channels. Links, as always, are in the description of this episode.